The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Lots to get to today on the Movie Zone. Lots of news and rumors. Lots of uh, poll question responses and a From the Archive uh, segment about America's former pastime when it was really America's pastime while the world was trying to pass the time. I think it's good for today. I think it's good. It's good. It's good in today's world to talk about this movie. I agree. So we got that and so much more. Welcome on in. It's the Movie Zone. Also, we've got a great interview in segment two with uh, the, the Fugles, Brian, Brandon rather Fugel and Adrielli Fugel, his wife. He's a movie maker, a, pro- a producer, director. She's a health expert in how those two are coming together on set these days. Very interesting. But hi, Johnny Lightfoot. How are you? I'm good, Austin. How are you, brother? Yeah. You, you hanging in there? Yeah. Doing all right? Yeah. I'm sensing a little no in there. Uh, I would like to punch COVID-19 oh. right in its blankety blank. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And, and then, I'm over it, man. And then light it on fire. Okay. And watch it scream and squirm alive. Wow. While melting to death. Wow. Is that too violent nope, for you? Nope, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bright on. That's, that's light. <laughs> uh, so... It's a uh, it's a rough one, man. It's uh, I, I'm over it. I'm literally over yeah. it. It's, it's, and sadly, too many people are over it to the point where they're not even trying to fight it anymore. I know. And yeah, it's it's making me very angry. I agree. And I'm not a person that gets angry easily. True. Yes, I, but I, I, I agree. Hey, I let's not to get too political, but as most people know, I'm a diabetic, so I have to worry about the disease myself. And I need people to take better care of them, you know, and think yes. about other people. Right. Yep. So just do it. Put the put the damn mask on. It's not that hard. And go about your life so that we can have more life. You know, I uh, I have mask envy. What do you mean? I think I, I see people that have cooler masks than I have, and I want those masks. Do you? Yes. I, there's great masks out there. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, you can make a statement with your mask. Yeah, absolutely. Make it cool. I uh, Make it you. Make it unique. I wear a Kiss mask, and you know I'm a big Kiss fan. Yes. And I wear a Kiss mask. Is it Gene Simmons? It's got all of them in makeup. Oh, okay. All, all right. of them. It, it's not a Gene Simmons tongue coming would, out of the mask? That would be cool. That would be great. That would be cool. <laughs> no, it's all their faces, you know, Paul, Gene, uh, Eric, and Tommy, the new Kiss on there. Oh, uh, the new Kiss. But in old makeup, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, whatever whatever it takes for you to put that mask on. If, it, it, if it's well, something like that, great. If it's just understanding that you're helping people live, that's even better. That's it. And I get I get where people say it's not my right. I don't want to do it. I Sorry, it's my right not to wear it. But, you know, you got to think about some of the other people that are at health risk, too. And if we can yeah. wear them, not getting too political, but if we can wear them and get over this, the faster, the better. Yep. And I also understand people that balk at it. Sure. Because the originally Dr. Fauci and all the experts said, no, nah, we don't need them when he's, we really actually needed he's them. He's wearing one now. Yep. So just do it, please. Please, please, please. All right. That's enough of that. Let's talk some movies. Let's escape to the movie theater virtually. Yes. And you know, were. it's July. And you know what this month is? What? New movies are coming out this oh, month. That's right. We've made it, everybody. Yes. Da, 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 da. But that's why we got to mask up so we can make sure those do come out when they're supposed to come out. Uh, our poll question today, and you'll understand why when we get to segment three, what are your favorite based on true story movies? 
at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot, at Zone Sportsnet on the old Twitter. Your favorite based on true story movies. We'll get to your answers here in just a moment. But we do have some movie news and rumors to talk about today, Johnny. Yes, we do. And uh, I want you to start. We just watched a, a trailer together, <laughs> and you're excited about it, and I'm not so excited about it. I am, I'm excited. It's a Netflix film called Eurovision, and uh, it features Rachel McAdams. And one of my favorites, Will Ferrell. So yes, of course, it's going to be a comedy. And it's actually based on a real European songwriting contest. Um, it, it, uh, in fact, it says right now there's 325 days until the grand finale of Eurovision. <laughs> but this movie, we just watched the trailer, and uh, it looks really funny to me. It looks like a typical Will Ferrell, kind of that classic, I don't want to say Step Brothers or uh, Ricky Bobby, you know, the Talladega Nights, yeah. but... It kind of feels like that type of comedy to me. Okay. I hope it is. And I think that this will be just another in a long line of Will Ferrell movies that worked as a short skit and not as a full-length feature film. You don't want the full thing, huh? You you want you want like a five-minute I mean, SNL thing. about halfway through the trailer, I was done with it. I noticed that. You so. were like looking out the window. You were twiddling <laughs> your thumbs. You were rolling your eyes. It was funny for a minute. But it looks great. I mean, it come on. Will, just, Ferrell's, Will Ferrell's from Iceland, and he has long hair, and he has an accent. He's and, done this before. Yes. With Blades of Steel, with uh, Napoleon Dynamite's I John love, Heater. I love that movie. No, you do not. No I, one know, loves that I movie. totally love that movie, Stop man. It. I think it's so funny. <laughs> so, I don't know. If you're... If, if you're like Johnny, this is a Will Ferrell thing for you to pass the time with. My my only fear is that it's going to be like the recent Will Ferrells, not like the classic Will Ferrells that we have all loved so much for so long. That it could be, I think, pretty much past Blades of Glory, there wasn't too much good Will Ferrell stuff. I think, still think that's hilarious that you're saying past Blades of Glory, <laughs> as though that was a good movie. Well, just to uh, just to recap, Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, it's two small town singers chase their pop star dreams <laughs> at a global music competition where high stakes, scheming rivals, and onstage mishaps test their bond. Okay, so there you go, Eurovision on Netflix later this month. Uh, I think it might be on now. Oh, it's available. I think for it's available now. right now. Huh. I'll get right on not watching. Just that. so you know, it's number two in the country. It, I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, now this will reveal a lot about our tastes. You went with a Will Ferrell story. Yeah. And I'm going to go with a Pixar story. Okay. That's that's where we differ. Uh, you you like those type of comedies, and I like feel good family. Movies that I shouldn't be watching hey, as an adult. No, there's nothing wrong with Pixar. They're <laughs> awesome. Are you kidding? I think they are more for adults than kids. Maybe so. Uh, Finding Nemo. Okay. Director Andrew Stanton, and he's a big-time Pixar director. He's done uh, uh, several, half dozen, if not more, Pixar movies. He uh, revealed to the LA Times uh, last week that originally Dory's character did not exist in the show. Wow. That Marlon, Nemo's dad, was going to be aided and assisted by a male fish named Gill. Wow. Which there ends up being uh, the Gill yeah. fish in the... In, in the, the tank, yes. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Wasn't that Dennis Leary? Y- was it Dennis Leary? No. Was it? That voiced Gill? We're going to have to look back on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was Dennis. But uh, th- anyway, the, the original plan was to have Gill help Marlin find Nemo. Until one day, Andrew Stanton was working at the kitchen table and his wife was watching the final season of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Mm. Not the talk show, the sitcom. 
Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe was Sorry, okay. Willem Dafoe. Uh, and so she was in the, the family room watching the Ellen show, not the talk show, again, the sitcom. And, she, and he overheard Ellen DeGeneres, her acting. He didn't see it. He just overheard it and how she was delivering a line. And she had to deliver the line five different ways and change the subject each time as she delivered it. And a light bulb dinged in his head. And he said, if I can get her to voice a female fish, it will work out so much better. And the rest is history. Well, that was obviously... Well, I can't say that it's the right choice, but it was definitely the right choice that we know because I thought she was great in the movie. So great that she even got her own. Which I think her movie movie was better than Finding Nemo. Yes. Finding Dory. Was it Finding Dory? Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I Mm -hmm. think it was better than Finding Nemo. Yeah, it was great. uh, But but it would have been interesting, though, to see Gil. I mean, it would have probably been a different flavor on it, but... uh, I, it's hard to beat the original. It really yeah, is. Yep. It's so really I think is. you made the right move. I think I think so too. And then uh, finally, this uh, the Christopher Nolan has come under a little bit of fire because Anne Hathaway made a comment about how he doesn't like chairs, chairs? being on his set. Okay. Meaning, uh, implying that he doesn't allow his actors to sit. What's wrong with chairs? Well, that's that's the question. Is and is that fair work? Is that a fair work environment? No, to not let them have a place. I to don't sit? think so. Oh well, there's the ground. Well, Chris, there's the ground. Christopher Nolan's <clears throat> spokesperson Kelly Bush Novak released a statement about it, and said, "For the record, the only things banned from Christopher Nolan's sets are cell phones, not always successfully, and smoking okay. very successfully." Okay. The chairs Anne was referring to are the director's chairs clustered around the video monitor, allocated on the basis of hierarchy, not physical need. Chris chooses not to use his, but has never banned chairs from the set. Cast and crew can sit wherever and whenever they need and frequently do. Well, yeah. I mean, hello. <laughs> I, I can understand maybe not crowding around the, the camera, not crowding around the playback monitors or something like that. I can understand that. You know, like, yeah. stay in your lane. This but, is my uh, area. I need to be able to work here. But for him to say no chairs anywhere, that's weird. So there's some kind of uh, miscommunication there between Anne Hathaway's story and his story. It sounds like a love spat. Oh, you think so? Uh, I'm I starting don't... a rumor right now. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, and then you're, you, you liked uh, Shazam, didn't you? I did like Shazam. It's like the one DC movie that I... Really, really enjoyed Shazam and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Other than that, forget about it. Yeah, but Shazam Two, yes, is in the works, cool. but it's been delayed. It of was course. supposed to be in production right now, and the director has a few other projects that he's tied to, and so there's been this uh, worry that Shazam Two is going to get shelved for mm. those other projects. But the director came out and said, "No, no, no, Good. no. I'm my next project." Will be Shazam too. I really like Shazam. I like the smart mouth of it. You know the the. To, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, my only complaint is it was a little like big. The movie Big is very much like Big. A little bit. In fact, they even reference it in yeah, the movie where they, they, they play on the piano, yep. the, right? But uh, so at least they acknowledge it. But I really liked it. I, I thought it. it was great for yeah. uh, for DC to finally do something that's not so Batman, dark and Marvel and scary. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just funny comedy. It was good stuff. Yep. So that's good news. Well, coming up in segment three from the archives, we're going to go back to World War II era. Yes, we are. And we're going to talk about baseball 
A mm. true story made into a great movie. That was a big clue. <laughs> but because we're doing a, a true story made into a movie, we thought our poll question this week would be, what are your favorite based on true story movies? Should we go through some of these answers? Let's do it. Our friend Ben Coombs thinks he's funny. Okay. And sent in Lord of the Rings. Mm, true story. It's based on a story. Mm-hmm. Albeit not a true story. It was based on Harry Potter, right? Our guy Lund- yeah, our guy. <laughs> it, well, Harry Potter was based on it. Oh, that's right. Our guy Alex Lundberg also thinks he's funny and sent in Space Jam. So. That's got some comedy in it. Bill Murray. It's not a true story. Right. <laughs> close enough. Guthrie uh, said 62, the Roger Maris movie. Oh, that's a okay. great answer. Yeah. And the uh, Brian song. Brian Piccolo. Oh, yes. And Gail Sayers. Wow. Great answers. Yes, there. great answers. Mike really liked Dunkirk. I liked uh, Dunkirk, Christopher too. Nolan in yes. itself. I thought Dunkirk was really good. I agree. Matt comes in with Strange Brew. Again, not, not mm-hmm. a true story. Roger says, I can only imagine. I haven't seen that one. I'm not sure what. You know the, the song by Mercy Me? Yes. The Christian rock group. Yes, yes, yes. I can only imagine. I actually like that band. Well, they've made a movie. Really? Based on the, the story of what happened that caused the guy in Mercy Me to write that song. Okay. Uh, Roger also says Soli. Soli. Oh, yeah. The plane crash. Remember the Titans? Yep. Lincoln. Okay. And without knowing what our from the archive segment was going to be, Roger nailed it with a league of their own. Now, I saw someone say Lincoln Vampire Hunter. You're not talking about that Lincoln. No, this is not. That was Steve who said Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes, yes. Which is based on true stories. Yes. It just... Fictional true stories. With some flair thrown True in there. stories that we just made up. No, it's based on history. <laughs> they add a zombie part right, into it. Or vampire Vampires, part. Right. Uh, we've got Dave Horman says... A lot of things that aren't true stories, like Coneheads, Goonies, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Club Band. Wow. Now, Gary, with some Tarantino answers, and what Tarantino does is takes true stories Mm -hmm. and twists them. Sure. And Gary comes in with Inglorious Bastards. Okay. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Based on true stories. But 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 definitely Tarantino fictional twists. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Interesting. Uh, we've got uh, Rich, who comes in with Deep Water Horizon. Mark Wahlberg, uh, the oil rig yes, explosion. Yes. I haven't seen the movie. I saw that in the theaters. It seemed it looked like it was really good. It was a great movie. Was it? It was a great movie. Uh, Greg with Bridge of Spies. Wow. Did you see Bridge I of Spies? I did see Bridge of Spies. Tom Hanks. I liked that movie, but I I was a little I was a little bored throughout it. Really? I thought it was a little slow for me. I thought it was an incredible film. Incredible movie, but I could see why people might think it's slow. Ron says Rudy, as does of Aaron. Of course, uh, There's been a lot of former teammates of Rudy that say that movie is embellished quite a bit. Mm. Brad says... Of course, uh, of course it is. It's based on a true story. Right. Or rather, Robert says The Killing Fields and Apollo 13. Ooh. Those are both great answers. Good choice. Chris with The Rookie, Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. Going back to play as a middle-aged person in the Major League Baseball. Uh, Hot Dog Water says <laughs> Black Hawk Down. Ooh, if, I like that one. If you're a fan of Bill Clinton, watch that movie and have your opinion changed very quickly. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, <laughs> Rich says Midway. Now, he doesn't. Mm. It's a gif of the new version. Right. Not the old one. Uh, I I liked the new version, but it, there was so many times I was like, really? Same with me. You I had to go that far with this thing. I have to be honest. I didn't make it through the whole film. You didn't? I didn't. I got. I mean, the guy stopped under a torpedo. 
right with his foot or whatever right uh, i mean there's some stuff that's that's definitely out there i uh there was too much cgi like bad cgi for me there was a lot of bad CGI. Yes, there was. It, right at the beginning, the fire scene, right yeah. at the beginning is bad CGI. It, it is. It's terrible. I was like, what? <laughs> Brady says, uh, I will say Lion is completely underrated and more people need to watch it. Have you seen Lion? I have not seen Lion. Uh, it's a, the story uh, of a abandoned orphan in India and how he is adopted Interesting. and then finds out finds his real family. I like that. It's, it's really incredible. Spoiler. Well, that's come on. That's not. And then uh, <laughs> Kevin says, "Remember the Titans." Yeah, I actually watched that last night. Oh yeah, yeah. How's it holding up? It's great. Yeah, stuff. especially right now. Yep. Wow. Uh, and Ryan says, "Cinderella Man." Hmm. The Bradley J. Braddock yes. uh, boxing tale in the Great Depression, starring Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger. Now, did you notice? And that, sorry, Paul Giamatti. Did you notice that there was three? Tom Hanks movies in there? There were three Tom Hanks movies. Yeah. I'm really shocked that no one mentioned the true story of Predator. (laughs) Or Star Trek. Or The Sandlot. Or Star Wars. Which is based on a true story. Star Wars is not based on a true story. What? It's based on a story. It's a true story. Called a screenplay. It's a true story I just made up. Or George Lucas made up 40 years ago. <laughs> now you're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we'll uh, we'll talk with uh, the Fugles, Brandon and Adrielli, who uh, are in the film industry. One is a film director producer. The other is a medical professional. And how those two professions are being melded together these days. We'll talk with them coming up next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And the memory cuts like a knife. Didn't we find the extra- Welcome back. Segment two here on the Movie Zone. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you. And Johnny, our soundtrack of the week. What is it? It's a league of their own. A league of their own. 1992. Yeah. 1992. I know. Can you believe that? Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Laura Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Biddy Schramm. Yeah. On and on and on. on. John and Lovitz. On. John Lovitz. That's right. Love it. Madonna played <laughs> All the Way May, which is probably a very fitting name for Madonna. <laughs> well, that's our soundtrack of the week because coming up in segment three from the archives, we're going to give you some news, notes, factoids, and little known or better known or always known facts. That's right. About a league of their own. In the meantime, though, Johnny, we've got a couple of great guests that we caught up with earlier this week that okay. we want to share with the people. Uh, a film producer and his wife who are now somehow finding themselves on movie and TV sets together because her profession is a medical profession and his is a movie profession. And with the pandemic raging, those things are coming together. They go together now, don't they? Right now. So here's Brian and Adrielli Fugel that we caught up with earlier uh, this week. He's a longtime movie, TV, commercial producer, uh, film producer, video producer, Brian Fugel. You know him and his work on things like uh, The Last Descent, that movie about the Nutty Putty Cave uh, tragedy. You've uh, Trek the movie. Our friends uh, Alan Peterson and uh, Austin Grant, he worked on that movie with them. Saturday's Warrior. Jane and Emma, our, our friend uh, Danner Gerald, uh, on that show as well. And uh, we're excited to have both Brian Fugel and his wife Adrelli Fugel on to talk 
talk with us today about uh, changes in the film and TV industry uh, while a pandemic is happening. Thank you both for joining me. Let's jump right in here. And I, I want to first talk with Adreli about uh, how her life is different being on set this time rather than just uh, around a film producer at home. Adreli, how, tell us a little bit about what uh, your world is like these days working on the, the sets. I never enjoyed being on film set until actually the pandemic started because uh, now I do things that I enjoy doing on set and things that are more related to my educational background. Right. So um, now I enjoy being on set, which it was like different a couple of years ago when I helped him, helped him with Imagine Dragons um, production for one of um, their music videos. Great. What what was the music video? It was Gold. Oh, I no, love not that Gold. Song. Sorry, it was uh, what was the name, Demon. Honey? Demons. Also yes, a great song. Yeah. I mean, you pick any yeah, of their songs, and I'm a fan yeah. of it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it says here uh, in the release, uh, Brian. You've, as we mentioned, you've you've been a longtime member in the industry, a worker in the industry. Give, give us a quick overview, though, of some challenges facing productions these days, starting back up, especially with the pandemic rising or getting better in some areas. But really, overall, this world, we're still in a pandemic of COVID-19. What kind of what challenges right. face the production side of filming with that uh, in our presence? Well, I mean, um, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, it's such uh, an unknown for us, like, not only working in a pandemic, but like um, how things are going to change on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, when you are shooting, when you're planning a production, you have to plan months in advance. And so, as of like for right now, I have a bunch of things planned in July, but you hear things from um, uh, Dr. Dunn saying that if we don't change the way things are going, we're going to have to shut down. But then the governor's saying we're not going to shut down. And so it's like we're just kind of planning for the uh, planning for the worst and hoping for the best right now. Mm. And, you know, and we're just ch uh, chugging along. And if nothing changes between now and when we shoot, yeah, we're going to shoot, you know. But if not, then we have to push it down the line a little bit and, and, and plan for re uh, another day. It's funny you, you say that, you use that phrase, because I've kind of lived my life uh, it, with that phrase being my mantra of hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and people make fun of me all the time for that. And, and I'd be, I know I was okay with it, but now that the pandemic's happening and everyone's kind of adopting that mindset, it's kind of, it's kind of unnerving for me. I'm looking around going, wait, now you're all scared. I was the only one scared and now everyone's scared. Uh, is that, is the general feeling in the industry, Brian, that things are going to improve or is it still kind of just unknown? Um, I think a pe I think a lot of people want to just believe that it's getting better, even if the numbers don't support that. And so, what we're what we're hoping to do with what we've been doing is just whether they actually do get better or not. Um, if we're allowed to shoot, we want to provide a safe environment for productions to be continue to, to continue shooting, um, and provide that safe environment on set so that there is some peace of mind as people uh, try to keep their lives 
going right. as, as normal as possible. And that's where you come in, Adriel, is you're a public health consultant and specialist. You've had a long career of being in that industry, and now you're coming into the film industry with those skills, as you were talking about a moment ago. How have you been received on set or in the production trailers or wherever you've gone? How has the cast and crew responded to having you there as a health specialist? Well, I have been received really well by the cast and the crew uh, in most of the productions I have worked for. And yesterday, for example, I was working for Harmon Brothers. And when we finished shooting, almost all members of the cast, as well as the crew, they came to me and they said, thank you. I felt so much safer for having you on set and just... um, help to keep the set the set safe and they feel like their lives um matter their health matter and uh, that's always good to hear that they they feel safe when i'm on set and also it's good for the production company and the the client as well for for having someone there to take care of um the health aspect of both the crew and the cast can you give us a few specific examples of some of the things you've changed or implemented to ensure better safety and better health on these sets? Yes, definitely. Um, during the pre-production, I advised directors and producers of um, things related to their specific needs uh, for the production needs, such as finding the best location that will accommodate uh, the cast and the crew and uh, help them everybody keep a safe distance of, um, in that location and the location also needs to be well ventilated so between uh, setups we can open the doors and windows and let some fresh air come um, to help uh, diminish the, the spread of COVID-19 on set. And during the day of the production, I checked uh, temperature three times a day of all cast and crew. I make sure everybody is wearing masks. Um, they have gloves on. They are keeping um, safe distance from each other. Only when we're shooting, only essential uh, cast and crew should be uh, on set during the shooting time. And uh, I disinfect all highly touched surfaces uh, between each setup and I make sure that um, before and after the production is uh, done I disinfect everything before and after as well before to make sure the crew is safe and after to make sure that um, the owners of the location will be safe as well. Do they make you wear a cape? Because it sounds like you're like the set superhero, Adriel. <laughs> Thank you. No, <laughs> they, they don't. I might have to ask for that next time. Uh, Brian, how, how do things change from a, a production standpoint? For example, I, 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 uh, I fancy myself something of a community theater actor, and I have an audition coming up, and it says on there, would you be willing to kiss someone on stage? And yes or no, and you, mm-hmm. you, know, you check it. But then there's an asterisk and it said kissing may be eliminated due to COVID-19 or whatever. Is that How do things change with the plans that you may have had in place to, it would be at a script or a direction or a, a, a character role? How do things change during a pandemic or is it just kind of fluid? I mean, it is pretty fluid. And I think that's, that's how it is um, for the most part in all productions. You have to be aware of all of the different variables that could affect your production, right? This one is just a little bit more... Um, 
uh, why it's you know something that everybody's aware of and 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 worried about. So it's something we definitely have to take in mind. Me as a producer, if you know, as as I get the script and um, we're going over it, and I notice anything like that that you know throws up any red flags for me, um, I'm thinking about liability. I'm thinking about lots of different things um, in terms of not just protecting myself, but the company and the client and all of that. So if there's anything like that that comes up, I'll be like, hey, we probably shouldn't do that. And there, if you, if we do it, there has to be a really good reason for it, and you're going to have to get everybody on board, and it's just going to create a lot of potential headache, you know, um, and extra extra work. And, and if they're willing to do that, then fine. And then we just have to make sure that everybody down the line is okay with it. Which I mean, it could be it could be dangerous because you know, like a lot of actors, they get a lot of re- rejections, a lot more than they get, you know, the roles. And so if the difference between them getting the role or not is saying they'll waive, you know any kind of dangers or, or liabilities for for COVID-19, then that's just, that could be dangerous for, for having them take those risks, you know? Right, yeah. So I try, to, I try to prevent anything like that from getting that far. I, I like to get somebody like Adriele involved early on, um, and it's con- you know convenient that she's my wife, and something I would have just consulted with her anyway, so we're just kind of making it official. But I would just, re- I reach out to somebody like her and say, Hey, what is what are the do's and don'ts with right now? And can we get away with doing something like this? And not just getting away with it, but is it safe to do something like this? Or should we pivot and and um, find out another option that's safer within you know the realities of today? Right. And then and finally, this Adrielli, uh, I I think that. We're seeing a lot of uh, things in society day to day where people look at it and go, that's going to be a change forever, not just during the pandemic. Do you think that having a specialist like you and these safety protocols in place, uh, do you perceive that as a good idea to have in place going forward? Even if we come to an end of this virus pandemic, do you think that your position is more like a pioneer position on sets? And what was your uh, professional opinion of that? I believe that my position is a pioneer, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the film industry. Um, Brian and I were doing a research and we couldn't find any position similar to mine uh, before the pandemic started, actually. So um, we decided to create this uh, position for for myself just because we wanted to be able to work safely, uh, and, and that's how we ended up creating this position and I have been having um, a lot of people coming and asking for my, my guidelines and for my services and I really appreciate that. Uh, moving forward, I I would like the position to still be something that the um, production companies would uh, make a good use of it because um, we still have other respiratory infections besides COVID-19 and we should be concerned about the health of uh, the cast and the crew but unfortunately um, I don't see after the pandemic this disposition is still um, holding you know uh, as true as it is today but I would advise anybody if they if they want to still you know hire me or hire someone that I have seen training to work on sets during the COVID, we still could apply the same or similar guidelines uh, to other respiratory issues such as the flu or anything that might 
um, appear in the future. You know, when we right. talked about pandemics um, or even epidemics, um, it's a matter of when it's going to happen, not if it's going to happen. Mm. And uh, um, today we have COVID. We don't know when the, the next pandemic is going to happen. So having this position and having us trained to do um, the best we can on set to protect the cast and crew would be um, ideal for any production. I think that's well said. Uh, Brian, last thing for you, along those lines, in reaction to what Ed Draley said there, uh, a TV production, even a 30-second commercial, the, the crew and cast and, and production levels that go into something like that, it almost becomes like a small country, a little small city, uh, an isolated area. And even if there's not a worldwide pandemic happening, as Ed Draley just pointed out, you could have a in-cast uh, sickness or illness that could shut down that one 30-second commercial's production for a week or two. Do you feel mm -hmm. safer having someone like Adreli uh, on board and around during uh, these things now and in the future? Definitely. I mean, um, it's. I think it's vital, especially with such specialized roles that each person has on set. If you lose one of those pieces of the puzzle, um, it's not. It's not easy to replace it real quick. You know, so we have a we have a roster of people that we work with often. But the best ones are always booked out on, like, the Yellowstones or the, the high school musicals and stuff like that. So to get a replacement on a highly specialized skill on set um, isn't easy to do. So we're always very, like, concerned, and, and um, uh, we t pay close attention to uh, everybody's, like you said, kind of almost like a closed community of, of people during that production. Like, that's why... Adrielli, she she keeps track of their temperatures and 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 she sends out a you know a survey, a part of which she's asking you know who she's been in contact with stuff like that. We need to be very aware of uh, where people are going, who they're in contact with, especially if anybody that they know has had or has COVID nineteen or you know anybody in their network does, so that we can keep um, the production going for the duration of it. It would you know we've had one instance where we thought. Somebody might have had COVID on set, you know, and mm. luckily in that instance, we, we got a replacement for them. And then we monitored them, monitored them closely and kept the cast and crew updated on their progress. And luckily, the, the test came back negative and we were able to, to move forward. But we know that when something like that comes up, we have done everything in our power to keep everybody safe to where we know exactly who that person has been in contact with. And we, we monitor them closely as well. And we know that it's been isolated to maybe a few people, and it's not something that's taken over the whole casting crew. Um, so that's kind of a roundabout way of yeah. answering your question. No, that's great. Well, it's been a treat to have you both on the show. It's Brian Fugel and Adreli Fugel. Excuse me. I'm sure I mispronounced your name a few times. I ask your forgiveness, Adreli. But thank you so much, oh, both of you, for your time. Uh, and uh, don't be strangers. We'd love to have you back. And let us know in the future how else we can help you, okay? Okay, thank, thank you, you so much, much. for having pleasure. us. Brian and Adrielle Fugel, thank you so much to them for mm. giving us their, their time. Interesting uh, uh, thoughts and uh, comments made there by the Fugels. Uh, it's it's pretty – I think what, what I was talking to, about with Adrielle and, and Brian there is I think this is going to be the norm going forward. I think you're going to yeah. see a quote-unquote pandemic liaison – of sorts At on every TV and movie set. Yeah, for a while. Maybe in every workplace. It could just be forever. You never know. Some kind of consultant on payroll that says, 
All right, you need to do things this way to make sure everyone stays healthy today. It's kind of like an HR person, but different. With a medical degree. Right, with a medical <laughs> degree, right. So there you go. Thanks to the Fugles for their time. Coming up next, we hop in the time machine and go back to 1992 as we go from the archives next on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you. Soundtrack of the week once again from a league of their own. And that's because today's From the Archives subject is 1992's A League of Their Own, a Marshall production. Penny Marshall, yeah. Isn't she great? Penny Marshall, Gary Marshall, they're all terrific. Awesome. RIP, by the way. Both of them at this point, right? That's right. Well, this movie took place in 1992, and here's an interesting thing. There's a little bit. not took place in 1992. No, no, the movie was was, made. Sorry. The movie was released in 1992. (laughs) And here's an interesting fact about it is uh, it was released this week. It was a 4th of July release. Really? Yes. Now, there's some confusion. Some people say July 1st. Other people say July 5th. Let's just call it the whole week. Okay? <laughs> it was this week. It was this week. <laughs> uh, of course, featuring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, John Lovitz. It's an all-star cast in this movie. Yes. Huge. I believe even Matthew Modine even have a small yeah, role so. in it. Yeah, yeah. It had a budget of $40 million. Opening weekend, it did $13 million, and worldwide gross was $132.4 Million. Wow. I know. Pretty pretty good for that time. Yeah. Um, of course, a couple facts about this movie. There, you know, there's so much about this movie that's great. I mean, A, it's based on a true story. Right. I have been to the field. You have, really? I have, yes. It's... Um, they call it, it's like Boyce Field, okay. B-O-S-S-E Field in Evansville, Indiana. And when you land at the airport there, they have scenes and like photos and sometimes even a TV playing of the movie just constantly on repeat, which I think is really cool. One of the interesting things, though, about the, uh, the field, uh, it's the home of the Otters, which is part of the Independent Frontier League. Okay. And the film, I'm sorry, the field opened in 1915. Wow. So only Boston's Fenway Park in 1912 and Chicago's Wrigley Field 1914 are older. It's the third oldest. Five years old. Yes. And it's still in use and is currently undergoing its first major upgrade since 1958. Wow. That's going to include a new video board, new electrical, LED lights. They're finally fixing the AC. They'll get plumbing. (laughs) Yes. Outdoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, they're getting a new roof. Oh, a roof? Yeah. It's going to be indoors? So it's going to cover, like, it didn't cover all of the people in the stands. Oh. Like, it was areas that were still open, yeah. and they would get drenched. Yeah. Those were the cheap seats, so to speak. <laughs> so they're going to fix that. Awesome. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this is a true story. I got to write a report about this in high school for credit. Really? Because of the World War II European yeah. history I was taking, and that's the World really cool. War II play there. And yeah, that's the, the whole idea, that the World War II uh, draft had a bunch of baseball stars enter the, the the draft and go and fight the war. Yep. And baseball said, we got to keep this going somehow. It's kind of, kind of what's so going the, on they, now. They went with a women's league, and yeah. it was terrific. Yeah, they have to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Yep. Now, dig this. Um, this was filmed in the summer, obviously. Right. And uh, at times, it was 110 degrees Ugh. outside. Ugh. Brutal, right? Yucky. Well... The actresses wore the authentic uniforms from that day, and they were mostly wool. Yeah, that's Ouch. terrible. Talk about hot and sweaty. 
Oh, brutal, right? Ugh. Why did they go with wool back then? I don't. I don't know. Makes no sense. Maybe it was tougher. It was well, it's clearly it's tougher, but yeah. not breathable. No. Let's, let's go that route nope, for sure. Now, during this film, Tom Hanks gained thirty pounds. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, to prepare for his role. He attributed his weight gain to going to a nearby Dairy Queen. <laughs> a lot. And uh, Penny Marshall encouraged Hanks to keep eating. She wanted him bigger. She huh? wanted him bigger. Now, of course, on the flip side, she told, <laughs> she told Rosie O'Donnell to eat as little as possible. Oh, boy. I know. Not fair. Not fair. It's like, you know, if you're going to eat, Let's all eat. I forgot Rosie was in this. Yeah, movie. Rosie was in it. In fact, her and uh, Madonna didn't really know each other very well when the, when the filming started. And they now became, they're best friends. Yeah, they became yeah. best friends during that. So do you remember the infamous bathroom scene? Yes. Well, uh, Tom Hanks filming that had no idea how long that scene was going to last. <laughs> like how long that part of the scene was going to last? Correct. So he just stood there. So he stood there while Penny Marshall was in a stall next door dumping water <laughs> through a hose and making sounds in that stall to, to make the scene. So he just had to stand there and, and act. And I, I will never forget that scene because I remember, remember Madonna all the way May looking at her watch going, whoa, look how long is this? Uh, we, I've seen a real-life circumstance of that happen. Have you really? Here, I was at a jazz game when I was a youngster. Okay. And the guy at the urinal <laughs> was there for at least three minutes. Wow. And he got, everyone gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> no, they did they really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot that. of beer that guy had. Well, hey, good for him, man. Good for him. So, do you know Gina Davis joined the production late? Why is that? Well, originally, Deborah Winger was going to Who's play that? Gina Davis. She's been in several movies. Huh. Uh, I'd probably just, recognize her. Um, it was literally a few days before filming that, okay. that Gina Davis Gina Davis started uh, in this film. And the cast had been practicing for months hmm. to play baseball, right? To, to get the chops down to look like they really knew what they were doing. However, Gina had mastered the game in just like a few weeks. Hmm. Like literally just like She took the baseball She quick, took the huh? baseball And she was playing better Than all of her co-stars Within <laughs> just a couple of weeks When they were all A few months <laughs> I think that's really interesting That's good Good for her I do I think that's cool Good actress Now uh, Jennifer Jason Lee Turned down the role of Dottie Which was also hmm. um, Gina Davis's character And Jim Belushi Was originally cast as Jimmy which was he'd Tom be, Hanks he'd, he'd fit well He would fit that well yeah. But would it have the same flair I mean Tom Hanks was great there's yeah. no crying in baseball. And Jim, man, why did Jim turn it down? I don't know. I, I have no info on that I one. I regrets that I, one. Maybe it was probably for another film that he was doing at the time, mm. is what I would assume. Now, do you remember all the injuries and the bruises the uh, girls seemed to have right. playing baseball? When they slide that raspberry from sliding in? Yes. Yeah. Well, those were real oh. injuries. Now, of course, the makeup department enhanced those injuries, sure. but those were all real injuries and real bruises that the ladies uh, got while filming. In fact, the, uh, as you called it, the strawberry, or sorry, the raspberry, mm -hmm. which uh, was Renee Coleman's character, she actually really got that bruise. Oh, I'm sure. And it yeah. lasted for over a year. A year? Over a year. I've had a, a, that same injury from sliding into a base playing baseball. It's tough. Wouldn't it's it? a yeah. rough one. Yeah. yeah. And spe especially in those, like, they were basically dresses they were wearing, yeah. wasn't it? They were skirts, yeah. Yeah. Imagine sliding. No. No. Not, I not mean, cool. all the times to not slide is when you wear a dress. And the fact that they made them wear dresses so that people would come watch them. Ugh, yeah. It's gross. pretty bad, right?
Well, we got time for one more. One more. Let's pick a good one, should we? What yes. do you think? Make what it do you good. think? If Let's it's not good, see. you're fired. Oh. Even though you could probably fire me. All right. Well, <laughs> let's just talk about the very end of the film while the credits are rolling. Okay. And they're showing the actual... They're, those are the yeah. actual women who played. This is during the Baseball Hall of Fame, right? They were talking about this. Yes. When the credits roll, the original players from the league, those are the real players. Those wow. aren't anybody, just they hired extras. Those are the real women from that, mm. that league, which I think is really cool. I think it's great that the, they, the Hall of Fame recognized it and, and put them in there. wonder if any of them are still around. Well, this was in 92. They were, they were in their upper ages then. Yes, they were. I'm, I'm thinking we're probably, uh, we're, we're, we've lost some legends along I'm, the line. I'm but, sure we have. Yeah. And just one quick one. You know uh, Lori Petty, who played Kit, Dottie's sister, right? right? During filming, you'll find this really interesting, she threw more pitches, this is during filming, than MLB pitchers do in an entire season. <laughs> That's how many times she had to throw the ball. they had to do take Get after right. take after take. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was she better in a league of their own or point break? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to have to... I might go with a league of her own. League yeah, of their own. I would as well. I didn't yeah. like her in Point Break. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. That was, I love that movie. I, that's a movie that, that, when it's on TV, I'll watch it. Hey, make sure you catch Hamilton on Disney Plus this weekend. That's right. I'm excited. Uh, he's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Movie Zone. Enjoy a safe, happy, socially distanced 4th of July. That's right. We'll see you next week here on The Movie Zone.